Hello, this is Matteo and welcome to the Inside People podcast. Today's guest is Hannah. Hannah's a friend I met during my bachelor in Italy. Despite it being really scary, she doesn't seem to be afraid of change at all. Throughout the years, she has kept on pursuing her dreams regardless of what life has thrown at her. Hannah has lived all around the world, from Italy and the Netherlands to Egypt and Canada. In our conversation, we talked about how tough it is to stay in the moment and how to embrace change and truly connect with others. We also delve deeper into what having an impact on other people means for her and what the general misconceptions about women independence are. The objective of the Insight People podcast is to give people an opportunity to talk about their journey, their wins, struggles and make us feel a little bit more connected in a world that doesn't seem to have time to stop and understand others. If the content we are putting out there resonates with you, it'd be great if you could follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you normally use. Also, leaving a review will really help us reach more people and build a community in which we feel inspired and a bit less lonely. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the Inside People podcast. I really appreciate it. The first question I would love to go for is, uh, what is your definition of success and why are you proud of being yourself today? Yeah, I feel like there's definitely definitely times where I don't think I am successful but um let's I'll try to think of it more of a positive light because I think like everyone goes through those phases you know where you don't feel successful or happy with what you've accomplished so far in life I think honestly like success um you can think of it in like big it's something you can think of in both big and small ways and you know some days like getting out of bed is is a success and if that's like your success for the day that's that's great you know and some days like like you can have a large a much larger goal I guess so yeah I think in the moment like my definition of success would be like you know being able to go back to school like I was out of school for two years and like going back I've like realized you know writing an academic paper it's like doesn't come as easy as it used to be so like being able to like sit down and like focus on focus on things I think that's something I'm like realizing in the moment and like feel proud of myself for doing yeah I think also on like another level I think for me like something that's like kind of always part of my definition of success is like being able to impact other people in a positive way at the same time like that can also be something that can be measured like be seen on a bigger or small scale like you know sometimes like I I love smiling to random people on the street you know and like if you get if I get them to smile back at me like that's like a small success I tried to make their day and they made my day and then obviously you can do like grander things for other people too. I always try to do that. But I've noticed that at least for me, it's way easier with older people. I mean, when I find older people just walking the dog or something, I just smile at them and they just smile back and it's so nice and it just makes my day. But maybe just with younger people, it's tougher. Yeah. I've also heard it's like different in different places. Like some people say that about like, you know, certain cities, like, oh, people don't seem very friendly here and like, so I think there's many different characteristics that can go into influencing that. Yeah. Essentially, what I would like to do now is to go back to when we met, because we met in 2020, and it was in Bologna, Italy, where we were both studying. And I would love to talk a little bit about the city, because that city is pure magic. I don't know what what it is about it, but when you are there, it's just a different kind of I don't know a different world and I would love to know what you think about it yeah it's like the longer you spend there too 
yeah no I would agree it's like the the longer I spent there it was like the more like kind of magic things would like happen um and in a way like I'm a like I haven't been back since living there in a way I'm almost afraid to go back because it's like you know will that will that magic still be there but it's also just such a beautiful like just it is a beautiful place in in some areas at least um and like the architecture also you know is so unique of the city and but ultimately like the people and there there's always there was always like something going on like you would walk down the street and you would always see like the weirdest thing just just happening um weird interactions with people and things like that yeah and it felt like every time you like every time you'd like walked outside your house you would like meet someone new and like have a conversation with them and yeah going back to what you were saying just smiling at people i think that is really easy to do that because everyone is really friendly yeah it's easy to to make to make new friends and i mean i guess it helps that it helps that we were studying and it's a pretty university city um so like i can't really compare it to like other university cities if they're the same but yeah there was definitely that that aspect was there definitely at least in like that time of my life that was like like so cool i feel like before moving there i was a lot more introverted i don't know like made me more extroverted in a way yeah like i remember like when i first got there like you know go out like with and see people like every night basically and i remember a friend came to visit me and she was like, wow, like, I'm really, like, surprised, like, how much more extroverted you are than, like, before. Like, this was a friend from back home. And I just, like, that really stuck with me, like, that comment. Yeah. So you've got a blog, right? And it's really interesting, actually. So I'll link it here for sure. And there you mentioned about Bologna, uh, that it was a time where I felt truest happy. Well, I know that I still had stresses in my life at this time also. I was surrounded by so much joy, love and support. Just related to that, that is something that resonated a lot with me. Because really often I think in the moment we aren't, we're not aware of what's going on. Like when I think back about like my happiest moments, I wasn't really aware of them. And so my question here is, is really related to what do you think about this? Do you not find it weird that we never know in the moment? Yeah, it's only when when something is taken away from you or when you are like have to deal with um like something that's like the opposite that you start to notice. Like I know when I when I got back home, like I mean, first of all, because of COVID, I was like in isolation for like two weeks, which was you know going from like seeing your friends every single day to like just being stuck in your bedroom all day. Like that was drastic change. And then, yeah, also just, I guess, yeah, not having that same network around me of people that I would just, like, I felt like, you know, there, there was, like, every day I could just, like, text, like, five different people, like, do you want to go for coffee? Do you want to, like, go sit somewhere and study together? And there would always be, like, someone who was happy to do that, and usually, like, multiple people that I would see, like, on a daily basis. So after like half a year after coming back yeah half a year I moved um I moved again to Egypt for 11 years and like when I was there I was like complete opposite like I was like super isolated um really struggled making friends there and I think like that really like showed me like wow I was so lucky in that moment to have those those connections and those people around me and like a lot of people like I do still um try to stay into in contact like on various levels you know um 
but obviously like it's different when you're not seeing people day to day in person every day yeah i think it's weird because yeah as you were saying now it's just we realize it when things get tougher well we're not able to sort of be in the moment like too much in the moment and enjoy when we're there and i think if we just sort of make this switch and just realize that whenever we are happy we should just notice it and not only notice it in hindsight i think it will just be a great life oh for sure (laughs) but our brains don't really let us do that often yeah but we know now yeah that's true i think it's definitely like you can learn from experience like you know if this happens to me again like where i'm in such like a great place and it's like i'll probably know better to appreciate it in the moment you were mentioning now that you had to go back home because of covid obviously but then if i'm not wrong you just managed to go back to italy right okay no so what happened was i never actually went home because of covid i was so i was living i was living in italy and then i had a vacation booked to belgium to brussels and so i took the flight there and then my flight back to italy was cancelled because of the lockdown so i was like kind of stranded i um spent like a few nights in a hostel in belgium then ended up going to a friend's house in um in utrecht so close to where we are now um and it was a friend actually that i met in italy and who went back to utrecht because of covid i stayed at his place maybe like a week but it was like his family home like obviously i couldn't like stay there forever you know so i was trying to figure out what to do because most of my luggage was still in bologna because i'd only left like on a vacation um and then I ended up going to Sweden because I had a friend who was doing her exchange there and she like had extra space and was like, you can come and stay with me. So I ended up staying with her for two months and it was still like really hard to figure out how to get back to Italy. But eventually I did manage to find a flight, went back to Italy from Sweden and then was able to spend like longer there because of online classes and everything. It really worked out well for me. Like definitely there were, you know, lots of moments of stress and just like the uncertainty of like, you know, where I'm yeah, where was I gonna go? Especially like those first those first few like weeks of kind of like going from from place to place, you know, not really like having a you know, I just remember like literally messaging like everyone I knew in Europe being like is there somewhere I can go? Because I just didn't want to go all the way home while I knew like I still had like most of my belongings in Europe. So I think that was probably the most stressful part. And um, But uh, like in the end, it all worked out like so well. And I feel like my experience was so like of COVID was so much better than so many other people. Also, like in Sweden, they didn't even have a proper lockdown. So we could still, you know, we could still go to a bar and like have a have a drink if we were outside. So like things like that. So like I really, you know, I think in the ultimately like I got a good experience and feel very grateful for that, especially hearing other people's like awful experiences of being in lockdown. But so then after I mean, after just staying like in Europe, you just managed obviously as you as you just mentioned, and then in in January twenty twenty one, right, your exchange ended and then you went back to Canada, Montreal, right? Um, so actually my exchange had ended the semester before, but I stayed in Bologna for an extra semester because I was able to do online classes from home. So I was doing my classes and I think this is what also what contributed to it being such a great time because I, I would have all day free and like just hang out, explore, you know, sit in the park 
And then I would do classes mostly like in the late afternoon, evening. Um, but I was also only doing like two or three classes that semester because I'd done summer classes. So I'd like was ahead. So I didn't have a, like a ton of classes to do. Um, so like that really allowed me to like take advantage of being in the city and exploring. And what do you like the most about the city? What was it that you would just always go um, for? Usually just walking around. Like walking around and looking at the architecture. I also, I love photography. So just like taking pictures of like the buildings and there are such like unique colors and um, the arches. Yeah, I think I just love being in the center and looking at the streets, honestly. Same. I just love to take walks and just take pictures of the things that you just see down the street and just put random things. Yeah. And I think it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the park was the park yeah, was. So I think lovely. it's my favorite spot in the city. To be honest, just so mm. peaceful. I don't know why, but yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, and a great place to study too. I feel like, and being able to study outside was like so nice. I feel like coming from Canada, that's not something <laughs> that you can do too often. Like that, the time period for that is like pretty short. But I felt like there, you know, you were able to study outside until like November. <laughs> true. That's true. I think a question I was thinking about now is because um, you you mentioned that you've also liked during this time itself, but then also when you went back went back home to Canada after your exchange in Italy, that you just mentioned that you you uh, happily managed to stay longer. But even like during this period, you essentially just did a lot of back and forth. You due to COVID, you had to sort of go to different countries and something I've I mean I've traveled a bit as well like this past six seven years and something that I've noticed is, is that every time I go back to an old place so normally it will be for me Italy because I'm from Italy and maybe you Canada but I'm not sure I would love to know your perspective on this but it's in general when you go back to an old place I don't know why but I always struggle a lot because it feels like going back mm. to the an old me Yeah, say an sure. old version of myself yeah especially when i go back home and i would love to know what you think about it because it's not in a bad way it's just i love mm -hmm. going back home because it's where i've grown up and and all that but it's more like i've been there but now yeah. i'm at a different stage i think yeah i think it can also be easy to fall back into old habits yeah like for me like going back to canada it's like usually like back at my parents house back in my old bedroom that i grew up in um and then you kind of yeah fall back into the the habits that you had when you were like younger and there um and like I guess that can be both a good like a positive or a negative thing yeah sometimes there's good things that come out of it but then sometimes like you know like I'll find myself like relying too much on my on my parents or other people that are around me it's just you end up being too much at ease I don't know why but it's just like yeah it's fine now I'm I'm good I've got someone that looks after me yeah Yeah, it's like you're in your comfort zone. You're not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And that's uh, that's an important thing to do, I guess. I would think, I would say at least. I agree. Did it actually happen like also when you went back like and after Italy at the beginning, I think, of 2021? I mean, how was your sort of experience in that specific case? I feel like I definitely tried to like hold on to a lot of the things that I had like gained there. I'm trying to remember. It's like almost like a blur in my mind at this point. But I do remember like that I did start planning my next trip right away. And I think that's something that always helps me, like kind of having right away the idea of like where I'm going to go next. 
but then it also like is a it's almost like backfires in a way because then you end up in this like really large limbo space it's like okay i'm going i'm leaving again in like x amount of time like say like two months but what do i do with this two months now and then i think that's actually when you get really stuck it's like i don't know for me at least like i end up just like sitting on my laptop doing nothing because it's like i i don't know what to do with my time yeah but maybe it happens to me as well but also daily if i need to do something in the morning and then something at five in the afternoon from after lunch until five i'm just lost i'm like i don't know what to do now mm. yeah 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 for sure yeah t- i mean time is something i think about a lot like it's so uh so odd because like there's moments where you just want to like stay stuck in the moment and then there's other times that you're like waiting for the next moment but i don't know for me at least i find that there's like times that i want the time to pass faster but i don't even know why i want the time to pass faster it's like what am i trying to get towards like am i trying to get towards like dinner time am i trying to get towards like when i can go to bed in the evening but then i also want to like look forward to when i wake up in the morning you know so like it's so odd in that way same it's just it's you're literally saying what happens to me every day i'm just like sometimes i just catch myself doing that and i'm like where do you want to go what do you want to do <laughs> the day's done you just chill yeah. eat slowly yeah it's like fine. why are you rushing all the time how do you manage yeah. that i mean have you sort of managed to find a way to slow down in those situations because yeah i don't know um i don't really have coping me- like coping strategies for that honestly i think one thing that can help though is if you're with other people like that definitely makes a big difference you know if like you use the example of like cooking or eating like if you're doing that with someone else it's usually easier to like slow down and be in the moment like otherwise you know maybe i'll like listen to something we were talking about how we both like to listen to podcasts for example um and like that can be both like a healthy coping mechanism and also i don't know sometimes i use it just as a distraction from my own thoughts you know um turning to that too often which maybe is not the most the healthiest way to to get through life does it also happen to you that you sort of find a coping mechanism Mm. but then it becomes a habit example like now i've started going for walks in the evening yeah so i'm rushing like dinner and just i'm eating fast because i need to go out and take my two hours walk and listen to my podcast and so it becomes like this sort of same thing yeah so it's like you're still not in the moment but i guess you're probably more in the moment when you're doing the walk so i guess that's it kind of balances out in that way maybe what's your like go-to coping mechanism normally um i probably probably yoga or some kind of like met like no i wouldn't quite call it meditation but like you know trying to like slow down that way um even at times lately i'll find myself wanting to like rush through like a 20 minute yoga video and like i just need to like remind myself no like you've carved out this 20 minutes to like sit down stretch listen to your breath and really focus on that i think yeah that probably that and reading are my two major coping mechanisms i would say would you read normally i think that's interesting um it depends i think yeah i think right now i've been really in into fiction again i think especially starting back at school it's like hard to read non-fiction when you're doing that all day long for classes so yeah i've been really enjoying novels at the moment 
I think we can learn a lot from books, to be honest, because it's just you shifting your perspective from you to someone else. It could be a story. It could be just, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's some people that kind of like downplay like the importance of like novels and what you can learn from them because they're saying like, oh, it's fiction. It's not real life. But, you know, usually there's a lot of like deeper messages encoded in what the author is trying to say to you. Like I th for me, at least like a good novel, like touches on like so like other social issues that are going on in the world as human beings it's way easier for us to sort of learn things through stories i really like biographies but it's essentially the same thing it's just i mean we've been doing that for like since the beginning of time humans have been doing that right like and i think that's very important it's just if you want to teach something to a child you shouldn't just tell them yeah don't do that just tell them a story and what happened and then give them context and then i think it's way easier for them to sort of listen to you rather than than being like you don't do that because that's when they start doing it <laughs> so <laughs> and that's also um i'm thinking of like how that also is what religion is in a way basically like a lot of major religions are just based on like a book of stories you know and that's how so many people for like thousands of years have really learned like learned about life and like how to be a good person basically yeah that's true yeah i think it's interesting here because you mentioned you went to egypt and i think you uh, you mentioned also there there from let's say from a cultural perspective they're really sort of different from what we are used to in the western uh, world and you were saying that also in terms of like these stories again that we um tell others etc it's just the sort of story that is told about the country, about Egypt, is way different than than how the country actually is today. It made me really curious to know your perspective and your take on the country now, because you're also mentioning that um, there there is a great sense of community, yeah. which I think is getting really rare nowadays. And so I would love to hear more about the country and about your experience there. Yeah, um, I think, like, so I, I was working there, basically. So, you know, I would, like, go to work and that was kind of my day-to-day -day life and then like spend the rest of like the af after work like kind of walking around my neighborhood um yeah it's like it's interesting um I think maybe like what you're referring to that I that I wrote before was about how a lot of what people know about Egypt um is really based on like history you know people know I feel like people like there's certain people who are like so into like ancient Egypt and like the pyramids and Cleopatra and things like that and those like have followings to an extent um if I, I feel like that's a word you could use to like the way that people are like really interested you know like books are written on that and stuff like that um but people talk less about present day um about I'm trying to think like what are some of the I think maybe just something that struck you in general something that I mean when you were there you went like this is really different to what I'm used to. It's just because I think really often we get caught up in all stories, also with ourselves, like in general, which is like, yeah, in the past. And just we start sort of and keep on telling our, ourselves the same stories over and over. But that's not the truth. Yeah, I think actually the um, the, the biggest thing that really struck me would be the the class differences in the country. Like you'll have these super, super wealthy people and then you'll have like people who are so poor there and there's like not really much of a middle class um and like 
there there's like there, the malls there for example i feel like that, that's a really great example because you go to the malls and it's like almost like disneyland in a way like there's like shiny lights everywhere all like the name brands and it's like its own little world outside of the rest of the country and then surrounding this is like desert and then drive a bit further and like you're in like such a poor neighborhood um or they have in cairo they have what's called garbage city which is essentially how they deal with garbage and recycling basically um instead of people in their home sorting recycling you put it all in the same bag and then there's pop like there's a population of the community of the the country or the city that it's their job to sort through the garbage and then like put it into different piles for like things that can be reused um things that are just like trash to be burned and divided up that way so i think that's like um that's something that really struck me just like the i, I think it's like you'd call it the disparity of wealth like how it's just so unequally divided and like even um when it comes to like the neighborhoods like I feel like there would be certain neighborhoods that were like very wealthy and you wouldn't really see any um, any like beggars there or like there were more like gated communities um, with like fountains and palm trees. And then you go outside of that like gate and it's just like so dry because like there's actually no water. They're just like putting all their water into keeping the grass like look green in this fancy neighborhood. Yeah, I get it. I think it's really striking because you don't really notice it until you see it. And then I think when you see it, you start paying attention to it and you start yeah. sort of um, realizing that that's an issue. And we normally don't really care. Yeah. And I think that was actually like one of the really like the things I enjoyed most about my job. I did get to do like kind of things on both sides. Like I went to a Christmas party at like an embassy and then I would also go to like a school for refugee children that was like in a really poor neighborhood. So it was like just very interesting to see. I what worked, um, it was an organization that helped refugees who were arriving in the country. So like if like they were coming from other, usually mostly other parts of Africa, um, arriving in Egypt. And then we would like help them find housing, food, school, um, English classes, things like that. And all there. Or you would just relocate them somewhere else? Um, no, like we would like help them more with like settling into Egypt because most people obviously want to like Egypt is kind of um, that was also another interesting thing. It was kind of like a middle ground in that way, like for the refugee community, like most people come to Egypt from like um, other parts in Africa and then want to go to North America, to Europe. But that's harder. Like, it's easier for them to get to Egypt. So often people would get stuck there. And people would say, like, oh, I'm just waiting to, like, leave here. But, you know, like, it would take years for that to happen. So we would kind of, like, try to help them settle into the country. Yeah. And how was that experience? I mean, I guess you would just come across many people. And I think yeah. people that are not doing well. Yeah. No, there were definitely some really, like, hard, hard moments of, like, people coming into the office and you could just tell like how hard off they were um and even like as someone who didn't understand really what they were saying because of the language barrier you know you could like tell by like 
the looks on people's faces or like sometimes like my colleague would like explain to me certain stories afterwards um and yeah it's just it was hard seeing that every day for sure and you know like the um, like I guess through work they would try to like offer kind of like counseling or support with that but it's it's still like hard to see it for sure yeah I get it yeah I think it's not easy what do you think is the biggest thing that we can learn from that because I think really often we tend to um stay at a distance with things that we know are scary because I think those are scary things you're not used to it and so I think we tend to be like I'd rather sort of pretend that this is not happening but then I guess in a situation like yours when you find yourself there you have to face it in the long term it's really beneficial because it makes you for you because it makes you understand a Mm. lot I think you know in this golden bubble but I think there in the moment it's really tough to sort of accept maybe yeah, no, for sure. Like, I feel like in the day-to-day when I was there, like, um, I, I was almost like I was, like, dissociating in a way from what I was doing. I don't know if that's, like, the word, the exact word I want to use, but it's, like, I wouldn't necessarily, like, realize, like, how intense it was in the moment. And then maybe, like, a week later, I would be, like, like, wow, that was really, that was really intense. What just, like, what happened before um for example like if one day at work I was to hear like a really like awful story of what happened to someone I think in that moment it's like I wouldn't know how to react I almost like it would be like almost like it didn't impact me in a way but then it would be like a week later it would hit me like how how intense that was I don't know if like I'm making sense exactly (laughs) yeah I get it I think maybe it's just like automatically our brains are trying to yeah our brains are trying to protect us for sure but i guess like ultimately we have to we have to deal with it you know and like your brain can only protect you for so long i mean i think ultimately my answer would be that i'm still trying to figure out what the exact impact is yeah i think that's something i'm i'm honestly like still working through to put it put the impact into my more like everyday life like not necessarily something to think about every day but on a more regular basis think about how it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the beginning honestly about ideas of success and how that has to do with making a positive impact on other people and I think that's something that I really learned there especially with the, the language barrier honestly like if someone would come into the office and I couldn't communicate with them, I could still like offer them a smile. Or if children came in with their parents and their parents like, you know, were busy talking to to my colleague and the children were just sitting there, you know, I could give them like pencil crayons and a piece of paper to color on. Um, so just being able to do these small things for other people, I think, and seeing the joy that that can bring other people. Do you feel that from that moment your sort of um, perspective on having an impact uh, through what you do has changed? Because I think sometimes we think about having an impact, like we think about these grand grand gestures, just doing these big things, just building a company and then disrupting an industry. While, as you were saying, in different contexts to, to the ones that we used to daily, 
maybe having an impact is literally helping out a person and make them smile for five minutes so that they can sort of stop thinking about how tough life actually is. And so I'm just curious to know whether from that moment on, something has just sort of clicked inside you and you've started to uh, realise that having an impact might, as you were mentioning, simply be uh, making a child laugh and that might be as as rewarding and as important as doing like bigger things yeah i would say you know what i would say on that level yes um i think one of the things that can like really pushes me to like continue doing what i'm what i do i guess just like continue living in a way is like hearing like one person say that they like resonated with what i did or that they really liked that um and i think that like it's like you're having an impact on a smaller scale but that almost feels more important to me um i mean when you want to help people and you want to try to do something that helps others it's really tough because you don't know right away whether that helped and so you sort of have to have faith i think and be like i'm just going to do my thing i'm just going to i'm just going to try to put out there the best version of myself and then hopefully that helps that in a way like sometimes doing smaller things is even better in that way rather than you know you could do like a big gesture for someone else but then in reality like that's not what they needed so you know but, but if you do something small for them then it's probably like that will at least like make them happy like happy yeah i've come to the conclusion and i've learned now i've just sort of given up on trying to understand people because i think it's impossible i don't even understand myself we're way too complicated and so i think it's way better to sort of be yourself and just do what you normally do and just sort of make little things pile up over time rather than trying to show that you are this big thing well that's not even real i think it also related to that is um the idea of how many people you impact i think often like the bigger gestures try to impact multiple people at once where if you do the smaller thing and you focus in on one person that's gonna have a bigger impact you know instead of like messaging like the whole group chat saying like let's like have a party you message one person from that group chat and say do you want to like go sit down and have a coffee the two of us and like really get to know each other and that's probably gonna be more appreciated i agree 100 percent but yeah it's not easy to understand it at least for me yeah you don't really get it but then you end up like after a year that you've really bonded with the person that you you got to get the coffee with and you have a new relationship um, so new friendship or whatever well you don't really realize it in the moment because it takes patience and time and i think we're not really made for patience where we should be made for it i think or at least we should get used to it yeah we expect we expect things to come to come fast but especially like meaningful connections like can't be rushed there's also another thing that i'm really interested in because you talked about still um on your blog i really liked your blog to be honest (laughs) i just a lot of my questions are from there Uh, you talked about independence um and you asked a question there, which is a question that I would like to ask you back, which is, 
if it is more dangerous to spend too much time alone or to never spend time alone because i think that's really interesting and difficult to answer yeah i think they're both dangerous in their own right but yeah i think i think humans humans are are social beings like we do need connections but at the same time it's so important to be able to like be comfortable with yourself and like i i am someone that's very comfortable with myself but sometimes and sometimes i see people who like never spend time alone and i'm just like it feels like you're you're avoiding something in a way um but as someone who is like very comfortable with myself and like spending time alone then it's also like the fear of like okay you know when when was the last time i like went out and like you know, spent time with, with someone besides myself or my partner, I guess, if we're living together. Um, and like, yeah, did something with like a friend. And I think that's also like, like for me, at least like, it's more like that part that I need to, to focus on and to remind myself, um, you know, trying to do that, like at least, at least once a week or, you know, setting some kind of expectation for myself in that level. I know. So, when I was back back in Montreal most recently, there was I always find like the winter months like harder to kind of push myself to do things and go out. Um, and I felt like there was a moment where I was like, I really haven't like connected with other people in quite some time. Um, and I made the goal for myself, like you have to go, you have to see someone like almost every day this week. And I think I did, you know, like like you know going for coffees with friends and walks and drinks with friends and just like realizing that you know if you just put the effort in like people are probably willing to willing to spend time with you and wanting to spend time with you and I think it's so easy to get for me at least to get caught up in my own head and be like oh no one wants to spend time with me like why would someone actually want to spend the time with me but you know in reality it's like you just have to put a bit of effort in and usually usually the other person will reciprocate. I think often we're like, yeah, I'm not I'm not reaching out because I haven't really heard from, from them in ages. But then you think about it and you're like, I am also the one that didn't text. So it's just a both, it's just we're, we're two here. Yeah, you assume that if they don't text you, they don't want to see you, but at the same time, you're not texting them. So what does that say, right? Exactly. We, we're doing the same thing. We're playing the same game here. So it's just just about who's a bit less proud and texts first yeah and then sometimes you know sometimes it doesn't work out and you learn that too yeah that's true i mean it's just i think it's tough sometimes because when you realize that maybe yeah they they weren't texting you because they actually didn't want to text you but fair enough at the end of the day we we have to go for it i think we're just here not for a long time so it's i think it's just worth trying yeah and eventually we'll find the people that are happy to text us back I think it's also interesting still talking about independence um, to to talk about women a little bit more. And it's something, obviously, being a man that I'm not really um, having a lot of experience. So I'm, I'm really interested in knowing more about uh, a, woman, a woman's perspective on this. Because you've talked about um, a double standard for women and the fine line that divides being told that as a woman you don't need the help of a man and the risk of coming off as an aggressive and raging feminist 
And so I would love to hear your perspective on this because, yeah, I think this is a really important conversation to be to be had. And I'm really curious to know what's your perspective on this. Yeah, I think there's such like a like a fine line of kind of how much how much independence you want versus like how much you want to rely on other people and i think you know especially like if you're in like a relationship like a, a heterosexual relationship with a man and a woman then um to what extent do you depend on the other person and this like applies both ways i think something i have honestly been thinking about more is how it applies to the flip side also where um men who are relying on the woman in the relationship um or women in general i guess are considered like not as masculine um to an extent or they're um considered like praised for you know being the one that stays home and takes care of the children versus if a woman does it that's just that's just normal um and not really like like considered something necessarily like yeah it's not considered something out of the ordinary i think ultimately like it's about kind of i'm thinking more like in terms of like a relationship at the moment um i think it's about kind of figuring out what works best for you or you and your partner um and i think this could apply to like same-sex relationships also so figuring out like like the the balance that works for the individual and not thinking of it in terms of whether you identify as a man or a woman or something else do you feel that this is as a woman that this is a real sort of pressure i'm a bit biased on this because i've grown up in with a best friend and she's a girl and we've literally we were born together and we've done everything together for 20 years school don't know sports and everything and so i was lucky enough to grow up in a situation in which she was my mate so we were exactly the same thing and so in my brain this difference doesn't exist i really like badass women like women that are like i know what i want i'm literally gonna go for it i i will speak out i i, I don't care and i'm not scared by that i'm really happy about that but so many times when I sort of started this conversation with people, I noticed that I'm really biased. Because again, I grew up with a girl and and we're mates, we're like siblings. And so to me, that's no, we're just the same thing. It's, there's no difference. But I don't think that's the world. And I struggle to see it differently. Yeah. I also have like a bit of a bias in the way that I was actually raised by my dad and my mom was the one that that went to work. And my dad was the stay-at-home dad. And... So I think when I was younger, like that was what was normal. And then maybe was, I think it was once I got to kindergarten that I kind of realized like this was not what fit the the gender stereotypes. Um, and yeah, and kind of like realizing that, that um, especially like older teachers, like kind of assuming that your mom was the one who took care of the house, even if like even if like the mom worked as well, like both parents worked, it was still assumed that, you know, your mother was the one that took care of the children also. And in terms of like, I think in terms of what you were saying about like, 
you know, being attractive to women who really speak their mind. I think at the same time, that can be another, another added layer of pressure that is now put on women. It's like, oh, but you're supposed to be like this, like, like this person who just says what they want to say. But it's like, what if you don't want that? You know, what if you want to be like, less, less outgoing? And yeah, I get it. It's just either ways, there's always something that is not who you are. And so it's really difficult to find the balance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're held to a standard one way or another, right? And it's like, I think that's... And I'm, I'm sure it's the same for men too in different ways. Um, yeah, that you're expected to be one thing and you're never enough, enough of one thing. Yeah, that's probably how we're made. As human beings <laughs> I don't know I really don't know <laughs> we'll figure it out but at least the two of us I was sort of raised in a situation that led me to think about women exactly as men and you said that you were raised by your dad while your mum was the one that was working hard um, and so at least that's an example that probably out there there's people that actually see things a bit differently there's a last thing I would like love to talk about, which is essentially what you're doing now and change because you do not seem to be scared of change uh, or at least, I mean, you've been literally everywhere, as you were mentioning throughout this conversation, you were in Italy, then you moved a lot during COVID, then you went back home, you went to Egypt and now you moved to Amsterdam uh, one month ago and so as I was saying, you do not seem to be scared of change or at least you still go for it even if you're scared, which might be a bit more accurate, I think. And so I'm curious and I just wanted to know if you want to talk about this sort of new experience, what you're doing in Amsterdam and what, why you decided to move here to the Netherlands because we're both here right now. Yeah. And what are your plans? Um, I would start off by saying that I definitely am afraid of change, especially like last last minute small changes things like that I feel like those are the ones that tend to tend to scare me more and knock me off course um but what I'm doing here is I I think I yeah I kind of always knew like I wanted to do a master's at some point and preferably somewhere in Europe um so looked into a few different schools I did consider going back to Bologna for a bit um but ended up deciding to move to Amsterdam. It's a city I have visited before, uh, like when I was younger with my family. So it's also like feels very familiar to me, which is, which definitely helps with the, the move. Um, What's your master's again? So I'm doing, um, my master's is called Arts and Culture Comparative Media Studies. Um, it's very broad and, you know, I don't know yet if it's exactly what I thought it would be, but I think I think uh, things are shaping, shaping themselves together as the weeks go on into classes. We're only two or three weeks in so far. So, um, yeah, for the most part, I've been enjoying, enjoying that also. Uh, I think I mentioned before, like just getting back into like academic life has definitely been a change and an adjustment. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I do find like these, these larger changes in life to be, I see them as like a, an adventure in a way. 
just a time to like learn new things and see see new things meet new people how do you manage the fear of change and you still go for it even if it's scary because obviously you're going towards the unknown right yeah i think i guess for me like as we've talked about like a lot of the changes in terms of like where i'm living um and i think I I love like traveling and seeing new places. So I think that is in part what really what really drives me just to be able to see see something new and experience something new. Sometimes I think it's tough to um go somewhere new and really experience it. Cuz it feels that sometimes we are just a spectator of something that is going on, but then we are still there. I mean, um we can change places, but we're still the same person in a different place. And I've learned that sometimes changing the environment doesn't necessarily... I mean, you're still with you. And so I think it'd be... I'm interested in knowing how you how you do that. Meaning that you're just changing place, but at the same time you allow yourself to have this new experience rather than being you, the same you, in different places. I think I often do like, yeah, see myself stuck in the being the same me and like change can also like bring out, you know, we talked before about like negative coping mechanisms, you know, change can like bring out that too. Like, um, I know like one person who was telling me how they moved here and they started smoking because like that was just a coping mechanism for them. So I think it can be, you know, there's like a, a downside in that way. But I think I think it's about not expecting to be a new person. Um, like, yeah, it's like I, I think I've come to realize like I don't expect to go somewhere new and I'm going to be this whole new person. It's like, yeah, ultimately I still will be me, just me in a new place. Yeah. But hopefully I'll come across new people and new situations that will sort of make me a better person yeah exactly and I think yeah over time like I think you will change as a person but it's like you can't expect to land in a new in a new city and like suddenly you're the whole new person it's like no becoming a new person will will take time um and it's you know it would be the same like anywhere like if you stayed where you were or if you if you move somewhere else like we're always evolving as people um and I think that's kind of the, I guess, what the root is. It's like change is inevitable, inevitable, whether or not we stay where we are or move somewhere else. Yeah. Going back to the concept, to the impact thing that we were talking about before, because I think they're really similar concepts. It's just the secret is in not trying too hard. Because I think if you get fixated on, I need to have an impact, I need to, it could be for whatever reason, or I need to change because I need to evolve and have new experiences, etc., from the moment you get fixated on 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 change and having an impact is i think it just becomes unnatural well if you just let it go it just happens by itself and i think it's way easier and yeah probably the best things happen when you're least expecting them right yeah what's your what are your plans with your blog because you also work in a lot on uh, a lot of mental health mm-hmm. thing and community related projects and I'm curious to know what's your goal with it. Yeah, so I mean, I would love to continue posting, uh, posting once a week. That's what I've been doing, like trying to be consistent with that. Um, 
I guess at the moment I'm just unsure how that'll be with school, uh, how that'll like shape out. Uh, so yeah, kind of just waiting to see like if I'm able to keep up with the schedule of posting once a week um, while still being in school. And, you know, also don't want to be too hard on myself if it changes to like every other week or something like that. Why are you doing it? What's the reason in the first place why you started it? Why am I doing it? Yeah, so I started I started while I was in Egypt. Um, and I think I, I really just started because I was, I had a lot of free time on my hands and wanted wanted to write. And it just seemed like a kind of a good, good place to start. Like, I guess I did a bit of research on like, you know, what would be the best like platform and stuff like that. And then kind of right from the beginning, I was encouraged to like, really you know treat it like a real job and like do it once a week in order to like force myself to be consistent with it which I think was like that's like advice I would give other people if they wanted to start a project or something like that like you know come up with a schedule and stay consistent um and then I guess like over time I was like able to like you know narrow narrow it down a little bit more like kind of like what my focus was so kind of like realizing like I wanted to talk about like the intersection of mental health and travel and I guess just as like you know kind of as we've been talking about a lot like like the anxiety that comes with like traveling and change and things like that and how how you navigate that so that's like definitely a topic I focus on a lot although you know sometimes I'll do talk about other things too Kind of, it's kind of like whatever whatever feels interesting or relevant to me in the moment. Um, I think it's really nice, actually, because you're just touching on a lot of... I think it's just cool to see people that open up and just talk about more personal things because it just gives others the strength that they need to do it as well and sort of heal from whatever is not going completely right because I think nobody has it all figured out yeah for sure I've also like been loving doing interviews with other people and I find that you know that's so fun to like get to know get to know other people like think of questions that you want to ask them that's that's what's nice about it is it's like it's more it's a it's more intentional like it's you're really trying to to get to know the person um and learn about the niche thing that or like that makes them you know something random that they're super passionate about or yeah something unique about them and you can kind of focus in on that yeah I don't know if you want to add something or if there's something that you would like to share or talk about that I haven't really asked or that hasn't really come up no I feel like we covered a lot um yeah cool so thank you so much for coming I think it was really nice and yeah you were a nice first guest oh thank and you so thanks <laughs> Thank you for asking me, really. I was honored.